It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, did you have a good 4th of July? I did. Lots of uh, lots of pool and uh, lots of meat. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the way to do it, right? <laughs> Different right. than uh, what we're looking at Kirk Cousins grill, if you haven't seen that. Uh, you got to check that out on Kirk Cousins' Instagram and, and try to figure out what he's cooking. Uh, it seems to be a big mystery that no one has been able to solve. So uh, he said you ate steak. We had burgers, so a lot more uh, identifiable things going on at our places. But anyway, I hope everybody had a good holiday. And uh, it was the ninth anniversary of the death of Steve McNair, and we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, in this episode. Uh, before we get to all that, remind you, we write from UCMiracles.com, so you can check us out there. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry is at T Lambert FB. Follow the podcast at Locked on Titans. You can also subscribe to the podcast Locked on Titans, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get that kind of stuff. You can check us out there. Uh, on Tuesday night, which was, I guess, the third, we had uh, a new episode of Igniting the Fire, the Titans uh, Facebook series, that their Facebook video series they're doing. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, that was episode three, so you can go back and watch the other ones. You can find that on, the, on their Facebook page. Uh, this time was about the running backs and uh, got a little bit more insight into the new running backs coach and, and kind of their work there. So, Terry, kind of tell me what you took away from this episode. Oh, it was a look at, at Tony Dews and, and the, the running back room. Um, I thought it was interesting to hear his focus. I think he talked about pass protection with each back, uh, Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry, uh, and David Flewellen, too. Uh, he talked about Derrick Henry's length uh, and talked about Flewellen's length as well uh, and said that both could, could be really good in that area. And you, let's go back to that Kansas City game. Uh, Derrick Henry just misses a, a block that's clearly supposed to be his. Marsh Mariota gets killed. He's lucky to get up. Uh, and he's lucky that that play didn't derail the Titans' comeback there. So uh, little things like that really get overlooked by us and, and you know fans and, and everybody. Uh, so that's the time. This is now the time to fix all that. Uh, so dudes, that, that's clearly a focus, uh, and that's something that Derrick Henry is going to have to do if he wants to be that every down back. So uh, the other thing I thought was really interesting was how he talked about Derrick Henry. Talked about him as a home run hitter. He said he can score from any any part of the field, uh, and he talked about how he's working with Derek to finish his runs to use that body. Uh, he talked about how strong he was and how uh, when he, he throws out a stiff arm, how people just fall off of him and, and explode off of him. So uh, it, it sounds to me like Tony Dews is really ex- kind of feeling like you know Derek Henry. There's more there. Uh, kind of frustrated w- with how he is, uh, how he doesn't finish runs like he should, like that 6'3", 250-pound body should. Uh, so it was interesting to hear him talk about Derrick Henry uh, the way me and you talk about Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's the thing. And remember last year, you know, throughout the season, we were yelling for Derrick Henry for time. And, and, you know, they kept running to Mark and Mark out there. We didn't understand it, blah, 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 blah. And then we had to a little bit um, admit that we were uh, that the, the coaching staff knew what they were talking about in one aspect because he was bad in pass protection. You talked about the Kansas City game, 
Um, you, you know, you understood kind of after what you saw in a couple of games there why they kept DeMarco Murray on the field as a third down back as much as they did. Um, you know, and so I don't think it was as much of a knock on Derrick Henry, you know, not being a good receiver as it was if the ball wasn't going to him and they were counting on him to protect Mariota. They had zero confidence in that. And again, that, that kind of showed once he once he was out there more. Um, so good to see that they're working with those guys. I mean, Deion Lewis, for, you know, as, as small of a guy as he is, has, you know, generally been already as very good in pass protection. So they, they've got that from him. And again, you want both backs to be interchangeable in that, you know, you don't want it to be a tail, a tail when they've got somebody on the field, what they're going to do. So if you can get Derrick Henry to be in pass protection, there's more stuff that you can do there. And yeah, the other thing, you know, like you mentioned, the the home run aspect of Derrick Henry's game, I think so many people think of Derrick Henry as a bruiser. Like that's, you know, that's what he looks like, and that, that's what his, his body type would tell you that he is. But, you know, we saw last year, and we talked about it a little bit, that he's not really a power back. That's not really what has been the strength of his game to this point. And you saw multiple times last year. I mean, the Kansas City game ripped off a big run. The Jacksonville game where he caught the screen pass and, and you know took it to the house. He has that home run ability, um, and he's 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 especially fast when he gets when he can get up to speed. And, and again, we can go back and listen. We've talked about all this stuff about how he's not he's not fast in the short area, but it, it, as he can get to his stride, how fast he is. You know, there were those times last year where. They would do the, the thing, and, and he ran faster than any running back in any week or, or any player in certain weeks, uh, you know, on those big runs. So we, we, we've gone over all that. But, again, just to see a little bit more of that, and like you're saying, if he can get to the point where he can get in the open, he's got a guy, can run over him and then keep going, that's just going to make him, you know, that much more valuable. And like you said, just having, just having these two guys here, I'm just excited about what they have in this backfield this year. I'm excited about what this offense is going to do with, with these two guys. And so it was good to get a, a little bit more insight into what they're working on this time of year and, and that kind of stuff. I still want more of the player-to-player interaction instead of the player-to-coach interaction, which is what we've mainly been getting in these first episodes. Next week, it's going to be Kerry Coombs. So, I mean, I'm sure that'll be entertaining because everybody's talked about the, just the energy and stuff that he brings on the field. But that, that's just my takeaway from the series as a whole has just been I'd like I'm glad that they're doing it and and I think it's neat to even see the coaches and what they're working on and, and hear from them and that kind of stuff because you don't get the opportunity to do that especially with these position coaches very often but I would still like to see more of the interaction with the players on the team yeah I obviously agree with that and I think you'll get that in training camp um, but for now it seems like they're going from coach to coach and really introducing uh, each coach to the fans which is fine uh, I, I just hope that it gets ramped up through training camp but on this episode it was of course the running backs coach dues uh he, he just seemed like a player's coach to me uh there was a, a moment on the on the video where derrick henry comes up to him and says hey man i need to work on uh work on this and and Deuce says all right well let's do it and, and he calls all the running backs up and, and he just kind of re- reroutes his practice a little bit so that, that was interesting and maybe it's just edited that way but uh, it seems like, you know, some of these coaches, they're so arrogant and, and they're structured and, you know, Ken Wisenhunt, for example. So uh, just kind of open to, to saying, hey, what do we need to work on? What do you guys think we need? So that was cool to see. Uh, and then the most surprising thing to me of the whole thing was spotlighting David Flewellen. Uh We've talked about how he's, he's on the roster uh, for now, how he's probably on the bubble uh, you know, Mike Keith talks that he, he's probably 
Uh, we're probably undervaluing his special teams presence. Uh, but you've got Akram Wadley behind him. So uh, it seems like he's safe to me. Maybe I'm reading uh, uh, too much into that. But if you're spotlighting him on this big off-season project that you're doing for you know, Titans Facebook, uh, I, he might be a little safer than what we initially thought. Yeah, and again, I, I think like, like Mike told us, you know, back then that there is there's a lot of value to having a guy that, that can play special teams, um, and, and then it can also help on offense if the if the need you know comes up in a game because the the thing that they don't want is guys that are not you know regular contributors to either the offense or defense just special teams guys it's just when you when you've got to come up with your numbers for game day that those kind of those kind of guys tend to be the ones that, that don't make it up just because of you know what can happen with injuries and that kind of stuff here in the game and we've seen flu Ellen is a, is a serviceable guy it, it, you know if, if the offensive line can give him a hold of run through he can run through it and we've seen him have big preseason games and that kind of stuff so I mean I, I think there is some value to him and yeah I mean and we'll talk about we were actually talking about this before we came on today um, you know we're today that we're three weeks away from the first training camp practice so we'll get into some of the training camp battles and stuff over the next couple of weeks and you know you again you just had to watch how that sort that stuff sorts out you know the numbers as if full flu will be able to make it or not and again you know a guy like akram wadley that we talked a little bit about before um an undrafted guy can he contribute on special teams i mean i think his upside as a running back is, is definitely higher than flu ellen's but if he can't contribute on special teams, you know, Flewell might, might make the team over him. So, anyway, that'll be stuff that we'll get into a, a little bit more as camp nears. And like I said, it's only three weeks away. So, we're finally, we're, we're getting close. So, uh, that, that's that's obviously good. If we can get through this month and it'll be, you know, it'll, the season will be here. And, and obviously, that's what we're, what we're all sitting around waiting for. Um, all right. So, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about the ninth anniversary of Steve McNair's death. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so uh, yesterday, uh, July 4th, was obviously, like I said, the ninth anniversary of Steve McNair's death. On 104.5 The Zone, they did uh, kind of a special that they ran all day, uh, just talking to different people about Steve McNair. Um, And I hope, I I was looking for it online earlier. I didn't see it anywhere. I I hope they'll podcast it at some point, because I I heard bits and pieces of it just different times I was in the car. I didn't get to hear the whole thing. But, you know, if, if you were a Titans fan when they first came here back in 99 um, and through that first era that we talked about when we, when we went over the Jeff Fisher episode, um, you remember just the, the importance of McNair to the team. 
uh, and all that stuff. And I was saying to Terry before we came on, I mean, he was probably my last sports hero. I think as a kid, um, you, you kind of idolize these guys a little bit more as an adult. You, you're fans of guys, but you don't look up to them uh, like you did when you when you were younger. Um, and he's just that, that, I think, that last guy for me that was like a hero. You know, like yeah, all the different stories of all the stuff that he went through and, and still showing up on game day and playing well. And all that kind of stuff. Obviously, you know, the events surrounding his death were tragic and, you know, unnecessary and all that stuff. And it it really sucks that that's the that, that's the way he went out. But I mean, I'll never forget that we were on the lake that day and I had gotten back in the boat and I had calls from my dad. Uh, G. Ramsey, if you're on MCM, you know who that is. And then August West, who was one of the original MCM guys. And, and we used to do MCM radio together back in the day. Um and so I knew something happened with the Titans. Obviously, had no idea that it was going to be what it was. And then I just remember the, all the coverage and all that stuff that, that came after it. But you know, try I've tried to um, as much as I can not remember him for that. Remember for him for his career with the Titans um, and just all the the great things that he did. And you know, he was great in the community. Um, you know, that, that's the thing that uh, I heard a lot of guys. Blaine Bishop was talking about yesterday on that radio special on 104.5 about how like people would just come up to him when they would see him out and ask him to come to some event or something. And he would just show up there. They wouldn't get his number or anything. He would just, he'd show up. He did that kind of stuff all the time. It's a real down to earth guy. And again, goes back to that first group of guys that were here, Stephen Ayer, Eddie George, Frank Wachek, Blaine Bishop, guys that were really, really good in the community, really guys that you could, you could kind of look up to and, and they, they carried themselves well publicly. Now, obviously, you know, there have been some events that, that have changed that impression since then, but they were out doing stuff, being helpful in the community, and that's something that the Titans have, have maybe gotten away from a little bit uh, over the last few years, and they've talked about wanting to get back to now, is being more active in the community and giving back stuff. That group did that kind of stuff, and they won, and I, and I think that the combination of those things is why you saw you know the, the, the fandom be what it was back then. Yeah, if you're building a, a Nashville Mount Rushmore, I think that's the first face you got to put on it. Uh, just, just what he did, uh, not only on the field, off the field, like you said, uh, he was just a pillar. Uh, to lose him the way that we did uh, was just a gut punch. You know, it was just so, so unnecessary. Uh, you know, you just wonder why he was in that situation. But uh, like you were saying, you choose to remember his, his on the field stuff. Uh, yeah, for me personally, I hate that his career ended with the Ravens. Yeah, I, I don't. Obviously, at the end of your career, you you still want to play. You'll you'll take wherever you can get. But of all places to go, the Ravens. You know, it, it just seemed like to to go to the Titans' bitter rival at that moment. Uh, it, it really stunk. But at the same time, the way it ended in Nashville, you can't blame him. So, uh, yeah, I don't know why the organization hasn't gone ahead and retired the nine. You know, if you're not going to let anybody wear it, I don't know why. I don't know what the holdup is for a formal announcement uh, and that nine officially retired. And like you were saying before we went on, uh, Eddie George, too. Uh, they let some somebody, I think Chris Henry, wear it in training camp but immediately took it from him. So uh, if you're not going to let nine and 27 be used again, go ahead and retire it. So uh, those are, are probably the two best players in franchise history. Uh, so I would I would love to see them properly honored sometime in the near future. Yeah, that's the thing. And we talked about this, I think, a little bit before that Bud Adams had the rule that he would only retire a number if that person made the Hall of Fame. And listen, I'm the biggest Stephen McNair fan in the world. 
he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He didn't have a Hall of Fame career. He had a very good career for for a period of time, but he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, I mean, and same thing for Eddie George was, was great for for quite a few years, but just the when you look at his just raw numbers, I mean, I mean yards and that kind of stuff. When you look at yards per carry and that kind of stuff, um, you know, not not necessarily what, what you would call a Hall of Fame resume, but what they meant to this team, what they meant to this community. Um, and just again, the the birth of professional football in Nashville. Uh, I mean that that can't be you know you can't say enough about that. And so like like we we're saying, I mean if you're not going to let anybody wear it, there's no point in not retiring it. Um, and, and clearly they're they're at the point where they're not going to let anybody have those numbers. So yeah, I, hopefully that'll be something that um, that can be done. And again, you know we we've talked a lot about Amy Adams Strunk and, and the strides that she's made as an owner. And I, and I think you're finally starting to see the the general public fan warming up to her. It took a long time because there was that, you know, just that whatever for a while. The ownership didn't care and they, you know, had a team. They didn't want it and all that kind of stuff. She's clearly done a lot to to get rid of that. I think there is still a, a section of the fan base that feels like the, the team would be better off with, with somebody else, which I, I mean, I think is ridiculous at this point. But if you really wanted to see her, you know, approval rating, which is not really a thing, but if it was, if you wanted to see that skyrocket, yeah, make that announcement, you know, have a have a game where they're going to retire those two numbers, you know, have Eddie there, obviously have McNair's family there, um, and do all that kind of stuff. I think that would go a long way in, you know, just, just again, the, the feelings about the fans, about this franchise that have taken a hit over the last few years just because the team, quite honestly, is very good. Yeah, I think it's a good time to do it too. Yeah, you know, it's a new era. Uh, you can kind of retire nine and twenty-seven, get that behind you. You know, to honor them the right way, and and let Vrabel steer this this franchise into a new era. You know, let Marcus become the next star, and hopefully another another couple of stars emerge along the way. Uh, but it's up to Marcus Mario to take that next step. He's the obvious heir apparent. Uh, being the quarterback that he is, being the flashes, the showing the flashes that we've seen. Uh, so he, he's set for a bounce back year. So, yeah, I, I would love to see that. I, and I have no idea why it hasn't been done. Uh, you know, Bud's rule, he, he, he's he been gone. I mean, maybe this is just Amy Adams strong carrying on uh, what his wishes were. Uh, but at some point she's got to call an audible, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens. And, and you know, I, I think it will. Um, I, I think it, it gathers a little bit of momentum every year and, and people out there. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for today. Uh, like I said, we will move into more training camp on the field type stuff uh, as we move along. So we've got really two more weeks here with with nothing and then that third week we'll we'll have the beginning of camp and the, the jim white wrote an article that said actually the the rookies and the quarterbacks report to nashville on the 22nd of july so that's like two and a half weeks so um we'll, yeah it's here and, and that's awesome i mean like i said it's been it's been a, it's been a long summer uh trying to come up with topics for this but I, I think it's all gone pretty well and again now we'll have a plethora of things to talk about and we'll be doing you know four shows a week and that kind of stuff as we move forward into that so um stay tuned for that again check out museummiracles.com we'll have stuff going there um and we've got some exciting news coming up there bringing a, bringing a couple guys on in an in in official in an official capacity um and so i think the site's going to be better this year than it has been any other year so i'm really excited about that so check us out there and again we'll keep working on the podcast and, and hopefully trying to improve that follow us on twitter at jmorrismcm at t lambert fb 
uh, podcast at Locked On Titans, and then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.